That movie. And the only reason I'm going to go see that movie is because I like saying that I went to go see a movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch. That name is quite fun to say. I got to give it to him. Cumberbatch. There was um there was a thread on Reddit where people just were trying to say his name and it just turned into like all these iterations. I saw that actually. Benedict Cumberbunch. <laughs> I just thought of that one. Cumberbun. <laughs> Wait, I think it's um Bendy Straw Cumber Patch. Back it up, comb your snatch. Badminton Cumberbund. <laughs> Badminton tennis match. <laughs> Boner dick. <laughs> That's stupid. That's stupid. That one doesn't even That's make the one sense. he draws a line on. He draws a line on that one. That's stupid. That's That's stupid. Uh, Bernadette Cumberbun. Bernadette Cumberbun. <laughs> oh. We're going to have to give a shout out to Benadryl Cabbage Patch. Benadryl Cabbage Patch. We're going to have to give a shout out to him okay. at, the top of the, at the end of the show. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 52. We now have as many episodes as there are weeks in the year. I am your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. And host number three, Corey. And as always, we were brought to you by the good people at escrowmybits.com, where you can escrow your shit. It's uh, super easy. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Uh, it just takes three steps. You just register and deposit your Bitcoin. Seller ships your shit. Buyer checks the shit. And then they release the funds. And they also <laughs> offer Bitcoin escrow with a locked exchange rate. So yen, USD, euros, it's all covered. There's no complex math at the point of sale, which is needed. And they charge a small escrow fee of 1% on all transactions and they even offer you the ability to split the fee with the other party and then what we're going to talk about like right after this ad um they put it oh wait 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 wait. your funds are kept in secure two of a three multi-signature transaction and this is important because we want to figure out about cybersecurity. is is uh is three multi-signature transactions enough we think it is it's super secure their goal is to make using escrow as simple as possible and, uh, you know, go over to their website, escrowmybits.com, sign up for their newsletter, stay up to date. We like them. We love them. Uh, but like I was saying, Dimitri brought up a, a really good talking point where uh, we wanted to talk about personal security in the digital age. And that can either be about what human rights. It can be about managing identities. It can be about privacy. You know, how many... How many gates should there be? Should it be, uh, you know, a, a five-step process, a three-step process? You know, what are your what are your thoughts? You go for this, Corey. I'm tagging you in. Are you the one that wanted to talk about this? I mean, I I I guess I wrote about this. I talk about this. I feel that personal security is 
I, I want to get back to an age of personal responsibility for your own, your own wealth, your, all the things that you hold sacred, your wealth, you know, the, the, anything that you have digital on the computer, you should be personally responsible for keeping it safe as best you can. And that a part of that has to do with the passwords you use for all the different things you log into, where you keep those passwords, how complicated those passwords are, um, whether or not it's your, it's your dog's name and your birthday. I mean, this, this type of shit is, is essentially securing your identity online. That is really easy to hack if it's a simple password and you use it for everything. And especially with all of these different, like, especially with the centralization of how everything is now, the way all information is kept on, on databases and central servers, centralized servers, as, as soon as one of those things gets hacked, which we keep seeing happen over and over and over again, then your username and password gets leaked into, you know, some database that the dark market can get a hold of or anyone hold of and then they just try the same username and password on all the different things and they they have the opportunity to take over your life because more often than not you're using the same username and password for almost everything you do that's true and i'm 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 hoping that bitcoin it makes an effort or puts us in the right direction if not puts us where we need to be in terms of Taking back, taking back this personal responsibility to secure the shit we need to secure so that it's safe. Mm-hmm. Because more and more things are moving over to the internet and we're offloading more and more responsibility onto the internet to store. We need to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. It's like humanity isn't prepared for the abstractions that it's creating and living in all at the same time. Like... I mean, you you take it back to not not securing your Bitcoin wallet is the, is the same thing as like just keeping your open wallet on a counter in the fucking mall cafeteria. And you're like, hey, somebody's going to say, hey, look at that wallet that's open. I'm just going to reach in there and grab the dollar bills out of it and then go about my way. That's pretty much what you're doing, except for in the digital world. So you got to know how to secure yourself. So, I couldn't think of any alliteration things, but I'd like to give you some tips on how to secure your digital existence. So, you guys ready for these tips? Hop into them. Give us tips. How do I how do I secure my shit other than escrowing my shit when I want to buy something? Okay. How do oh, I sorry, Corey, how do I, how's how's this mic doing? Oh, his mic is is in and out, but it sounds good. It's fine. It sounds fine on my end. If it doesn't sound fine on your end, then it's fine. Yeah, because mine's the one that's uh-huh. recorded. You guys right, are here sound weird. You're just in and out to us. Uh, interesting. Well, I can hear you though. Go ahead. I'm here. So here's the first tip: badass password. Okay, and what do I mean by badass password? Try to have like twenty to thirty characters in your password. So how do you? How do you? How do you make your passwords be? Not saying that. I'm not trying to get hacked. What do you mean by that? Oh, it, you should be able to say however you want. I randomly generate my pass. I use a random number generator to generate my password, and then I commit it to memory. I have about six randomly generated passwords that I have committed to memory that I can then iterate through based on 
certain criteria that I have. Mm, 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 mm. See, that's intense. Was that a fart? No, I was scratching my beard. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> oh. oh, I was scratching my beard. I don't know what y'all are doing. Shout out to my sensitive mic. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but, uh, I know that noise. My password is my password is my the first car I ever owned. So let's unless you want to hack me and know me on a personal level, then I'm not getting hacked. Yeah, but that's also Yeah, but the thing is it's like used. using using real words is not a good idea. I, I know, but I'm not important enough to get hacked. Well, that's the thing, is that you are just as important as everyone else when your yeah, information man. gets leaked from a database. You're they don't they have they have bots that just try everything that they have at the most common websites until one clicks. And if yours is the one that clicks, then that's the one that happens. Yep. You don't don't have with, with the speed with the speed and complexity of the threat landscape changing on a daily basis. All too often, we're seeing businesses sustain significant damage. And I don't know if it's just passwords. But attackers are more organized, they're more sophisticated, and the threats are more dangerous than ever before. And I, and people are spending multi-billion dollars on cybersecurity. Yeah. Those are companies, though. I'm talking, like, just personally, how to protect yourself when it comes to logging into websites and having a good password. Have your password be 20 to 30 characters long. Alphanumeric, of course. Throw some of those whirly bird characters in there as well. Like an ampersand. That's a funky guy. Nobody's going to guess ampersand in the middle of a word. <laughs> Is this for your Facebook password too? Or just like your important stuff? Facebook passwords, especially social media. Because social media is where everybody's hanging out. So where do you think the lurkers are? Robert- well, that's one that's one thing that like kind of our, our interview gets to is that in the future, hopefully, because people aren't going to memorize thirty character passwords. Let's let's be honest. Be honest here. They're going to memorize the minimum character password they need, which is going to be six to eight characters. And with the way things are going, companies are trying to make it easier for you to at least at least have really complicated passwords, but only remember one of them. And that's what, I mean, that's, that's what our, our interview is about. Yeah. That's what they talk on. They talk about an, a world where you just have like one master password and this master password controls lots of things in your life, but you commit this really awesome password to memory and then you're good to go. All right. So make it complex. Lots of different characters. And, like, maybe have a letter be a character. Like, for instance, if there's a D in your password, instead of having it be a D, have it be a dollar sign or something like that. One of these – look, think of the funky characters. When you're, If you're listening to this and you need password advice, like if you're the kind of person who's like, oh, my password is WordPass. How genius is that shit? No one's ever going to reverse no going like to get that. that. <laughs> mm. Or I'm going to make the What TS's. about that guy from LifeLock? That guy can – I don't know that. What is that? That guy can he got, bag. Oh, that's the guy who was so confident that like he could, he could prevent you from getting hacked that he gave out his own information and then got hacked over 300 times. <laughs> yeah he put like his social security number on the side of his truck and everything and he got super hacked my password's not qwerty it's qwerty one two 
<laughs> and you, our Bitcoin park, our Bitcoin website has a crazy password. You're not getting in. <laughs> You're never getting in it. You're not getting in. Well, so what I'm I mean, Dimitrix, you brought this up. What's what? What is security as a social norm? What, what's your tip number two? Tip number two is to take that very complex password that you created that's 20 to 30 characters long and then create four iterations of it that are easy to memorize. So take four to five, maybe even six characters and replace them with something that's also easily memorable. And then you take those six and you rotate them. So now all of a sudden, if you just take six and you have iterations of that, now you've got six super duper strong passwords. Here's, here's one that I, I really like doing. Um, since everyone likes using the same password for everything, and it's usually like, you know, um, last name, birthday type, type stuff. Mm-hmm. What if you do, what you do is you put your hands on the keyboard. I'm assuming that, uh, I guess this is a pretty powerful assumption that everyone types on the home row. Like they have good typing practices. They're not, they're not, you know, pecking at the keyboard with their index fingers. Mm-hmm. If you take your fingers like you would normally type on a keyboard and shift over one key to the left with your whole hand and then type the same password, it ends up looking like a randomly generated password that no one could ever guess. But it's exactly something you'll always remember. Yep. So the thing is, is that these people hacking, uh, like you guys listening, these people hacking are smart. They've built programs that know like, oh, these are the main passwords that people guess so or passwords that people pick when they're lazy so let's go ahead and guess those first and they're like oh well if they start with an e then it's most likely to be this word and then they guess those kind of like how you have a predictive text in your phone if you ever start typing it's like oh i know that you wanted to type in a piece of shit because that's what you usually type in in this uh order of wording or i know that you wanted to type in papa john's pizza because that's what you usually type in in the middle of this verb in this thing anyways you kind of get the point these programs these bots are very very engineered and very not very very engineered engineered very well to guess your password and hack your life okay mm-hmm. yep so don't be that guy let me see do you have a third tip ask me if i have a third tip Tip number three. Come at us with tip number three, Dimitric. Tip number three. Have a bunch of usernames on the interwebs. Okay? From any given point in time, I may use Black Sauce or my name or Fergalotti or some other usernames that I've thought up over the years. But don't use right, the well, same ones. Here, here's, the, here's a question that's associated with this. So you say you have, you have we'll just go with five passwords yeah and five usernames Mm -hmm. that's a lot of iterations of passwords and usernames that people can't keep track of no so how do you recommend people keeping track of what username and password they've used at what sign in because i can't i can't even count the number of things that i have to log into on a daily basis much less in total i fully embody a character behind each username so you just role play everything. Yep. You just you're just RPing everywhere Absolutely. you go. You put on your you put on your Facebook cap. You take that off. You get on your Poloniex. 
website. You put on your, your day trader cap. Yep. And I embody that username. Like, if, when I'm black sauce, I'm from the hood. That's how I do. I'm with my peeps. So when I log into that website, <laughs> That's how I, I do. I, as, as soon as I click on it, it's like, oh, black sauce time. And I, then that username goes to this certain subset of passwords, and I'm good to go. If I guess it wrong the first time, I ain't going to guess it wrong the second time. It's like an educated guess, like which password did I use? It's kind of like a fun game, okay? All and right, then, so yeah. Oh, dude, uh, you should hear how you, rec- cool. you recommend this to everyone. Yeah, I mean, do a little bit of role playing. Why not? If you're willing to role play in the sack for your jollies, then you should be willing to role play to log in to the websites that you like to log into. So you should see the character that I get into when Fergalotti pops up, which is what you guys see a lot of. But when I'm logging into Slack and Fergalotti, that's straight up mafia boss popping kneecaps. And then, hmm. So don't pick usernames, pick personas. Pick personas when you log into these places, and that'll help you remember your complex passwords. That is an interesting approach to usernames and passwords. Hey, you guys wanted to be on the fly. I haven't on heard that one yet, and I hope that this becomes. Like the leading way people do passwords, it's not going to happen. But I just, nope. I just picture a future <laughs> where this is the way. Like you just, you just like imagine you're, you know, sitting at the bus station, right? And you're sitting next to this dude on his phone, and he's just, you know, kind of nerding out. And then he just gets gangster as fuck. He gets, he gets hard, and <laughs> he, he like logs into something different. And like that's that's you, you see this outward representation of him. Logging into his his Gmail associated with with hip hop, and that's how he does it. He just gets in this hard ass. <laughs> also gives me an emotional. Yeah, my uh, my username is uh, Deacon Frost, who is the half vampire rival. Of <laughs> Dude, for so real. If you, if you see me getting hyped when I type in my username, I remember when Frost. we watched Blade. Cello starts talking about man. I'm getting really thirsty for blood and a lot of power. I'm getting a power struggle. Oh, I'm logging my password. accounts. That's all. Now I got that password. All right, we're back to normal. Hey, have you by any chance seen the Daywalker walking around lately? I've been looking for that guy. What are you talking about, man? Oh, nothing. I'm just trying to log on to Twitter. <laughs> tip number three. I think that was tip number three. So, so. Yeah, so what do you say to like uh companies like Treasure? Is it Treasure? Trezor. 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 They're a Trezor. They're abandoning proprietary back end in favor of open source stuff now. It seems like everyone is changing their security uh functions. I think you have to. When we had the interview with Amin Goon Serer, he made it like he he almost laughed at the fact that people think that they can have great security. He was like, you're going to mm. get hacked. And he said it with his awesome James Bond villain voice. And he was like, you're going to get hacked. That's not what it sounded like. But it was way cooler than that. Cause he All right, didn't well, listen, it's, it's just, I don't want to scare everyone. But if you talk to the Businesses. leading experts get in security and cybersecurity, they will guarantee you that you are not capable of perfectly securing your data. No one is. It's, it's at the current stage, 
of where our technology is and the capabilities of computers, it's almost impossible for someone to completely secure their data if if enough people and enough resources get behind trying to figure it out. We even yeah. saw this with the app with with the Apple iPhone and that whole shebang. Yes, yeah, dude. But it it is within your benefit to have good security practices because now that this is becoming an issue and well known that we can't secure our data, the push towards total security is going to start getting larger and larger and larger. And you need to know how to take care of that. And the more you the more you do now, the better off you are because it's so easy. And then as it becomes easier, you already it's just it's what it's your normal practice. You know how to take care of this stuff because as we continue forward as a society, the internet will become more and more a part of our lives and everything will put move more and more towards a digital like a where we put our things that we hold value will go more and more towards the internet. It'll all be digital. And so the earlier you start in securing your shit, the better off you are. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, and there's those random bots out there looking for random people stuff. You don't want to be the random person that gets hacked. So make your stuff a little bit more difficult. That's all. All I'm saying is make it more difficult for them. Don't just give them the victory. Don't just give them your shit. Make it more difficult. You even wrote a, wrote a blog about that. Be more difficult. Yeah, be more difficult. So it wasn't necessarily about that, but it was You're right. About, but it's that the 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 whole it it applies. It's about on ramping people, which by the way is hard to do because people don't put up with it. I'm like, hey, uh, you could just you know I got you lunch. You could just pay me back in Bitcoin. And they're like, uh, that's no, that's not happening. So I got around somebody today, by the way. <laughs> Say what? Got him. I snuck in. I got somebody today. I on-ramped him. He did? He was talking about how much trouble he's having with sending money to Africa. I was like, whoa, I got the, <laughs> I'm, I'm here for you, buddy. You got shit. When's, that, when's your on-ramping podcast going to debut? On-ramping with D? TBP's on-ramping with D? I don't know. We I guess we need to set up the logistics behind where we can get it released, but I think it would be really funny. I imagine it's just like yeah. me sitting on a chair and or a couch. This is, of course, is metaphorically having somebody on the show that I know and seeing if by the end of the episode I could get them to own some Bitcoin. That would be a fun episode. It's not going to be as easy. Just, just we, we try to talk to our friends and then we allure them with the opportunity of being on a podcast. And then when they get them on the podcast, we just spend the entire time trying to get them to enjoy and believe in Bitcoin. That's and it's it. just all, it's only D. There's we, I don't say a word. We just sit there and laugh at him. TBP's on ramping with D. The first person <laughs> I would have on the show was that manager of the Burger King from Copper's Cove. Get <laughs> yeah, yeah, we take Bitcoin. Of course you know, we you're take gonna Bitcoin. Need a, you're going to need a second, a second round with uh, the like your 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 on ramping skills, it's uh money. It's money. Yeah, it's money. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. If it's money, we take it. I'm like, yeah, but do you? But do you take it? <laughs> well, anyways, we should probably get into the interview. I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're all Airbits ambassadors, so. Uh, uh, let's start from the top. The popular Bitcoin wallet, Airbits, has had many announcements since uh, MK Lords was first on our show. 
Uh, They have new features added to the platform since then. Uh, Just recently, the company unveiled its software development kit. And uh, yeah, that's an inception moment. Um, it's so big because uh, edge security is is a platform that moves security to the the edges, which is like the end user devices. It's a totally different way of thinking about security, and it simplifies the process by automating a lot of the strong security features people want, such as backups and encryption. Uh, so we got Tim Horton and MK Lords uh, who returns to the show to kind of explain how the whole SDK empowers developers to apply edge security to their own mobile app projects. And then I was reading. Uh, about some of the stuff that people have built. And this one, I guess a group of people built a project called the El Dorado, and they're looking yeah. to utilize Bitcoin as a reward points to merchant customers, thereby putting Bitcoin in the hands of hundreds, thousands of customers. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool things people are using this for. Mm. And uh, for those that don't know, Tim Horton is the CTO slash co-founder of Airbits. So he's, He's real deep in how the, like the underlying technology works. Um, and as always, real, in deep. real mm-hmm. deep. He is, he knows he's, he's got, he's got the biz on how this thing works. And he's been one of the masterminds behind what Airbits, Airbits is trying to do as a platform, which I, I think I am. And we are at the Bitcoin podcast really behind, which is providing a lot of tools for, everyone developers especially to create applications that don't have to worry about securing data and i mean marcello touched on this a little bit the edge security model allows people to create really 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 secure apps without having to worry about developing the security from the ground up and it's it's not only just for cryptocurrency it's for securing any type of data and so the edge security model essentially the server will store your information, but it's encrypted. So, say if if say you work, you know, you had you, you had an app that had this company that stored your information on a server, and that server got hacked. The only thing they would get would be a bunch of encrypted data that they couldn't do anything with. Mm-hmm. But having your data on these servers allows you to access the same information across all of your devices because we all have more than we have a phone, we have a computer, we have a tablet, etc. So not only yeah. do you have a really secure application, it's really, really easy to use and no one's going to steal your shit unless you throw your phone at somebody with the password open. Yep. And that's, that's why we have them on. That's why we're ambassadors. That's why we continue to talk to them and we believe in them. So, Pretty much. You know what I realized just now that I didn't ask Mr. Horton? No. I did not ask him if he had ever heard a who. <laughs> well, you can ask him right now because we haven't interviewed him yet. Let like, we're about to get him in the studio. Oh, yeah, that's right. We and, we do this shit way live. Let's get him in here. I'm pushing the button to get him <laughs> in here right now. All right. Here it is. Live as shit for real. <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and just start diving in. Um, Let's do it. So, all right. Thanks again for coming on the show. We uh, we always love having y'all. We're big fans of Airbits. Uh, we're Airbits ambassadors, if we can call ourselves that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're definitely happy Yay. to be um, a part of the team as much as we can, uh, and we're real excited about the the, the strides 
y'all have been making recently in, in, the, in, the, in the community. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about the Airbits Software Development Kit, or SDK, you recently released, and why the Airbits team decided to develop this and release it in the first place? Sure, so this is something that the team's been working on for a long time, and it's something that we've had planned for a while too. Um, we haven't just been a Bitcoin app, we've also had in mind other ways to secure data. So this kind of builds on that, and it's open for developers to try out now, and Tim can actually give a little more elaboration on the technical details. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't our original goal to build an SDK, but, um, we saw how much work went into building our wallet and all the tech that it's built on top of and realized, um, Paul realized that a lot of developers would want to start using this as well. And we can save them a lot of trouble by providing them the same tools that, you know, we're using in the Airbits. Hmm. So would a person, I mean, so someone who builds an app using the Airbits uh, SDK forced to use the Airbits wallet or are they separate? They're separate, so you don't even have to build a Bitcoin wallet with our SDK. If you just want to build an edge security um, app or platform or whatever, uh, you can use our SDK to help secure your data, back it up, um, manage your private keys, anything that goes along with it. Uh, we also, the SDK includes all the Bitcoin functionality you see in the Airbits wallet as well, so you could build a wallet similar to Airbits or you could build totally different Bitcoin applications. Um, you know, there's really no limit. You've definitely taken taken a lot of the the hard work and and pain that a lot of developers go through when dealing with security issues, kind of out of the game and made it really easy to get started making really good secure apps. Uh, what types of applications do you expect to be built first? Is there? I I feel like since this came out, I've been thinking quite a bit, and it seems like there's so much light hanging fruit to be taken advantage of with uh, your edge security platform. Is there anything that you think that's currently lacking in the space that can be filled? Um, I know we have some people interested in building accounting software using this, um, especially payroll is something that I think we struggle with every month. Um, anything, there's LastPass type software that you could use. Um, that's exactly on top what the I was SDK. thinking about. That's the application I was thinking about emulating was LastPass. Exactly. I, I mean, you can uh, secure notes, anything that you kind of want to keep your data private. Um, you could be using our SDK for. Uh, it doesn't work so well for like a Dropbox type replacement or something like that right now. Um, smaller data, uh, but in the future we'll provide, uh, we'll work with larger files and things like that. But uh, yeah, uh, there's not really, I don't know if you think of anything else right now. Yeah, so the accounting and payroll stuff is really interesting, especially as more people start to get paid in Bitcoin or other types of currencies even. It's, it you know, we want to make that process a lot easier for people. And I'd like to see something developed in the private message area too. Um, you know, there's a lot of different apps right now that are really, really interesting. Like I, I really like Telegram and I've used other ones too. So I'd kind of like to see uh, something come out there. So I, I'm really, you know, and I'm sure there's stuff that, yeah, I can't even think of. I mean, developers are so creative mm -hmm. that like we kind of release this into the wild and we're like, here, like show us what you come up with. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we like, we want to see a lot of creative, um, yeah, a lot of creativity um, in building on top of this. That's a great point. With existing apps that um, you have to manage your private keys yourself, Airbits is a great fit for that. Uh, there's a lot of new tech coming out um, that requires crypto, and they just don't have a way to deal with your private keys and back them up. You know, it's really on the user. 
So um, without using our Bitcoin Bitcoin side of the SDK, you could start using AirBits, like you could drop it into Mycelium and back up your private keys, or, or like MK just said, Telegram would be great because you know you have your secret chats, and now you can synchronize that across devices. I've uh, <laughs> on, the, on the accounting uh, platform, is that something that AirBits is willing to kind of help with? Because I know inside the AirBits wallet, you can you can kind of uh, appropriate what you're spending things on. Is there a way to export this data to be kind of imported into an app that someone would want to create? Because something like a YNAB or uh, what is Intuit's version, I forget what their online version is, Mint, uh, you could just import the data, but have your edge security platform secure it in a much better way. Is that something that AirBuds can, can export? Um, so taking the existing data, like your transaction list and exporting that and then importing that into a mint or something like that. Mm -hmm. so, um, or an application yeah. like it. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of do that right now with um, the export functionality. And then we just are adding QuickBooks support for your export. Mm -hmm. um, the, mm. The accounting software that we were referring to is more for actual payroll and like in-house kind of stuff when we're uh, paying everyone in Bitcoin. Because uh, that's actually a hassle to have to go to each user and send them their, their pay for the you know that pay period. Whereas if you had accounting software, it could go ahead and hook up to an Airbits wallet. It could just automatically do it once all the, um, the amounts have been programmed in there. That's hmm. a way better use case than I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, speaking about the wallet, you do have Glidera, I uh, hope I said that right, Glidera incorporated into the wallet, which helps with the in-app on-ramping of people into Bitcoin. Um, is that part of the SDK as well, or would they need to work that out with Glidera? And if it is part of the SDA, does uh, any revenue from Glidera go to AirPits or to the app creator? Um, unfortunately, right now, it's not part of the SDK. Uh, I know long-term, we'd like to get it at that level, but in when we originally added Glidera to AirBits, it was a bit of a time crunch, and um, we didn't have time to add that interface or that level. So Glidera entirely sits just in the AirBits application, um, hmm. which is open source, so people can go check that out and uh, make modifications or use it if they want to. Um, so, yeah, it's just not part of the SDK. Cool beans. I've always liked that have yeah. you've you've created Airbus as a, a an on-ramping tool as well to help people get into the space as well as providing a lot of security and and uh, all the all, all the security functionality and speed that Bitcoin provides you've you've done with Airbus you've also made an attempt to make it easy to get into the space which I think is one of the most lacking things that we have right now just curious if yeah we go ahead yeah, we focused really hard on that. And something I think you guys will be really excited about coming up in the next release is, so it's already really easy to onboard people with our app, but we're going to give you the ability to get your own referral link in your in your Airbits app. So when you sign up a new user through your referral link, you send them the link and they, they download the app, you'll be able to get a small percentage of Bitcoin back whenever they buy one of the gift cards using Fold. Oh, so we're nice. really excited to roll this out. That's Ooh, great. Hope you guys heard uh, that. Make it bigger. So I I are you better say something, sorry. No, no, I wasn't gonna say anything. Just like I hope you guys are listening to that and you take advantage of those referral links. So Please do. Everyone gets oh. their own. Uh when the next release comes out, uh once you update the app, you'll be able to go into settings and there will be a little section with your referral code uh ready for you blasting all the social media I know 
Yup, yup. I've spent I've spent quite a bit of time thinking about this zero knowledge security platform and what it means in our our current state of things. And the recent media buzz with Apple has. I think started an explosion of popular interest and popular knowledge of what this means and what it, what its implications are, and we're seeing other applications starting to come in this direction, such as like WhatsApp's new end-to-end encryption by default. And I know that Airbits and Paul Pui has always had a focus on this from and this idea from day one. And uh, we'd like to give you the platform if you want to to take the time and say, "I told you so." <laughs> <laughs> I guess on behalf of Paul, we told you so. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, we published a piece by Paul um, about the whole Apple discussion, and I think it's something Airbus has done a good job at, you know, starting from zero knowledge instead of adding it, you know, and before, you know, starting with the mindset that your data is private and it should be kept to yourself. So it's really awesome to see that. Um, you know, in the app and uh, and also the SDK too, being able to secure other types of data because just like you don't want your financial records public and Bitcoin allows you to keep all of that private with your Bitcoin, you'll also be able to do that with other things too, other really, uh, you know, valuable, sensitive pieces of information. So as these things, as these cases get a lot of press and we see the government trying to go after Apple and all of that. Uh, yeah, it is kind of a we told you so moment. But I also think that the encryption battle, while it'll still continue, I mean, I don't really see how they're going to uh, really stop it. I mean, so many government agencies depend on encryption for so many things. So it doesn't really, I, I think a lot of the uh, congressmen who oppose this stuff don't really understand how much it's actually used uh, to secure their data too. Oh, yeah. So So I guess to follow up, the the FBI, NSA, whoever the hell they want us to know about was able to crack that iPhone after all. And so I guess what I'd say is, do you think this threatens encryption as a whole? Or you gotta put on your tin cap for a second. Do you think they were even able to crack the phone at all? And they're just saying that they cracked it because, I mean, I know encryption. Encryption is encryption. It's hard to crack. I don't know. Uh, you know, I didn't follow that story very closely. I just saw the headline when they supposedly cracked it. Uh, yep. I, I haven't given it that much thought. Um, and actually didn't really occur to me that they might have not actually cracked the phone. But um, I, I don't know. It depends on um, the, the, the password and if they were able to circumvent, actually circumvent. Um, Apple's restrictions on there. I, I could totally see eventually cracking a, a pin um, with enough brute force, but um, longer passwords and things like that, I definitely feel are more secure and they wouldn't have a chance. You know, today's technology. I, I'm not sure what kind of password was protecting the phone either. That's true. I don't know. I like to put on my tin cap every once in a while. These are think your tinfoil expert and podcast. Yeah. Right, right. Did we go to the moon? No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Good Actually, choice. I had that, that debate a couple weeks ago. So. <laughs> Can you call it a debate? <laughs> I mean, not not a debate. Like I, yeah, I don't know that it was much of a debate. Um, <laughs> but no, that stuff was funny. I really wanted to see John McAfee crack the phone. I know I, that would I, have been the most ironic, per- wonderful thing that ever came about. <laughs> He's so crazy. I love it. <laughs> uh, speaking of of, I guess 
personal security with with edge with edge technology or zero zero knowledge security platforms it really puts the onus on the user to secure their their data and it takes a lot of the responsibility away from the application or the company that's that's hosting the data um, and we had an interview with um, a professor at Cornell uh, Gunsurier who discussed or kind of alluded to the fact that it's almost impossible nowadays to properly secure your, your devices. Um, so that puts us kind of in a quandary of how do we secure our own data, especially Joe Schmo, who doesn't know anything about security. Um, yeah, you got to make it easy for them. And um, actually part of our SDK, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with BitID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just started a lot playing of with it as I got on the SDK. Yeah, um, and, and Airbits will manage your private keys for you and can log you into other sites. If you actually sign up at developer.airbits.co, we're using BitID for the login. Um, things like that can end up being more secure, um, and the user will have to think even less than before, right? Because now they don't have to remember their they don't even have to remember their password or an email address for that account. They just have to remember their um, BitID password, or in this case, your Airbits password. Yeah, and one of the reasons Bitcoin has taken so long to catch on with the general public is that people are really bad at managing their passwords and remembering them, and they're very used to a model where if that happens, they can simply email the person who holds that information and get it back from them. With Bitcoin, we were kind of taught to think in the opposite direction, that you know you are the custodian of that information, and you need to do your best to highly secure that. And that's been good in a lot of ways. Like, you know, I think there's a philosophical component to where it teaches you self-responsibility and, you know, you're, you are uh, in charge of your own money. But at the same time, people aren't super responsible. People forget things or maybe they go through some kind of trauma that's caused them to forget things. So it, so people have been losing money, you know, massive amounts of Bitcoin have been lost because, you know, people lose their passwords one way or another. So one of the things that we have in the Bitcoin app right now is password recovery questions. So you are able to recover your password if you set those up. And you have to go into settings and set them up. And it, it is several questions. It's not the easiest password recovery, but it's, I believe, the only app that offers something like that. And, um, you know, uh, kind of same with the SDK, you'd have control over your own data, um, but with something like BitID, you don't even have to have a user, you don't have to remember your username and password. And I think you guys may have seen the videos, and uh, I, I would definitely encourage listeners to check these out on our YouTube channel. Um, the process of BitID is so fast and easy. It's the same, you know, the same way kind of Bitcoin works where you scan a QR code to send funds. You're basically scanning a QR code to log in. And it's such a cool process. This is definitely the future of logins. And I think it, it just makes things more easy while at the same time more secure for anyone who wants to keep their information private. Yeah, that's uh, I actually my first foray into, into BitID was with getting an SDK API key. And uh, I just, I logged in. It's, it presented me with a QR code and said, scan this with your Airbits wallet. And I did, and then I was logged in. I had an API key. I just gave him my. All I had to do was give him my email. It was very mm -hmm. simple. Very, it was wonderful. And I can imagine a future where this becomes something that's somewhat ubiquitous. So you, wherever you go, wherever you log in, you just kind of scan the QR code of whatever that 
application you're trying to log into and your Airbits wallet or whatever um, whatever device you're using that's using BitID takes care of it for you and keeps it secure so you don't have to worry about it anymore. And it's so much faster than being like, ah, oh, crap, what password did I use for this random website that I access occasionally? Mm-hmm. I just thought that yeah. was really neat. So I kind of see that Airbits is trying to build a future where I guess people's private data doesn't have to be held by, you know, whatever company or whatever organization. Is that what I'm kind of sensing from Airbits? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Because, I mean, (laughs) since I've been a Bitcoiner, I'm so particular about where my information goes now. I'm talking, I signed up for a gym membership a few months back, extra seven months back, and they needed my address. And I was like, do I have to put my address on here? And he's like, yep, you do. We need it. And I was like, I don't think you need that, really. I feel like you you don't need that. How about I just give you this money and you let me into this building? And so (laughs) it's... I'm a lot more, I guess, particular about where my information goes. And it'd be awesome if that were a future that we did live in where, hey, you know, I don't have to worry about my information just floating out there on the interwebs. So... Yeah, yeah. I don't trust people holding on to my data. I don't know who they're selling it to. I have no control over it. Um, You know, whether it's, you know, putting information into a government site or something like Facebook that's just, you know, grabbing all of of the information about you uh, that it possibly can. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to control who has access to that. That's, Facebook. This is something I've actually had quite a bit. I've, I've written about this idea of uh, Bitcoin being a vehicle for taking back personal responsibility for your own, your own security and what you find valuable, especially for wealth. And Bitcoin really allows for this type of shift in the social culture for, for dealing with this type of thing. And what's really exciting is that the SDK that y'all are releasing and what a lot of the people are trying to work on is making this really easy for people to try and make that cultural shift. So as they get into Bitcoin and start to realize this type of stuff of how they can spend their money and how they can hold all their personal information as opposed to letting someone else deal with it, um, it's this is really exciting for me. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, when uh, Paul and the others kind of explained all of this to me uh, when I first got on board because I, I was kind of I think a lot of people thought Airbits was just a Bitcoin mobile app and I realized I was like wow this is so much more it's really mind-blowing stuff to think about uh, because yeah it changes a lot of the way we think about security and privacy and uh, personal responsibility you know we like it we give yeah. shout outs once a week at least <laughs> absolutely <laughs> strongest ambassadors <laughs> We've actually, I, I noticed a lot of the alls posts that y'all been coming out quoting Obama talking uh, talking about uh, walking around with a Swiss bank account in your pocket. Do you feel like this is a, a great way to get people's interests into Bitcoin and Airbits and and, uh, and what it actually is? Oh, absolutely. Actually, that graphic that's going around was made by one of our other ambassadors because <laughs> um, <laughs> when the Apple versus the FBI encryption debate was going on hard, you know, everyone was commenting on it. And so Obama comes out at some point and he's like, we, you know, we can't have people walking around with Swiss bank accounts in their pocket. And it's like, why not? Like, why shouldn't everyone <laughs> have access to a Swiss bank account in their pocket? And uh, yeah, whenever a public figure says something like that, I mean, it's just a great opportunity to 
pounce on it and totally like kind of flip it over, you know, because he was saying it like it was this terrible thing. Like, how dare you, you know, <laughs> have that? It's like, no, like this shouldn't be just for a small percentage of people. It should be for everyone. So yeah, <laughs> we love it when stuff like that happens. It's like saying, how dare everyone have privacy? That's yeah. only, that's only <laughs> for a select few. Kids. Yeah. So in general, I mean, while we're in that vein of sparking people's interest, I mean, a, Bitcoin's come a long way, but it still has a long way to go. But what are your, both of your feelings as to what's necessary to like get us sparked into that mass adoption curve, that vertical exponential rocket ship that we're all waiting for? Well, I think first of all, it just needs to be a lot easier for people to use it, you know, there needs to be better ways for people to recover their passwords because they're going to forget them. You know, the, this idea that we change the culture of personal responsibility and passwords is really awesome, but that's like a long-term process. It's not going to happen overnight. So there needs to be kind of buffers in place and people need to have a little bit more protection before they maybe take that leap um, into something like Bitcoin. And I think the network needs to become a little more stable too. I, I, you know, even when there's small hiccups, sometimes there's a, it generates a lot of really bad press. And even though they may actually be really small hiccups and they may not, you know, be that damaging long term, people's perception is that Bitcoin is this really dangerous, unstable thing. So, you know, I, I'd like to see more kind of cooperation from the people in the block size debate space um, that's gotten really contentious and I'd like to see more of a consensus based approach and more working together and maybe putting aside egos and trying to work on something that's really going to make this awesome invention last because it, it is so great and can benefit so many people and you know it would be a shame to see see it kind of fall apart because of egos and because of you know people wanting to push certain agendas mm-hmm yeah, those are great points. Um, personally, I would just I would also love to see more people paid in Bitcoin. It's kind of a hassle to get paid in US dollars and go out and exchange it. And then it might not even be worth at that point. Um, but it, if more people were paid in Bitcoin, I think that would help a ton. Um, in, in third world countries, I, I think the unbanked will really help launch it too. Um, it's it's can, it's a tough sell for people in um, like the US. And then it just doesn't might it might not make sense with them with all the credit cards and it's just not as difficult for them to send money as it is for other people in the world um, so yeah, yeah. um purple countries uh, i think will help a lot yeah we've talked about that too how it's just somewhat of a, a fun commodity for americans but for a lot of other people it really holds a lot more value and until mm -hmm. the on-ramps and usability get much much better then americans aren't really gonna have a reason to use it nearly as much but, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, MK, you already had a shot at this, uh, so we're going to ask Tim. Uh, can you describe Bitcoin in 10 words or less? Um, it's probably a little too brief, but the uh, description I always give people is digital cash. Um, just because nice. it's. What's that? Nice. I said nice. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Offended. He's yeah. offended. Short and brief, and um, yeah, and people, they, they can kind of you know figure out kind of how it works from that, that it's not like a credit card where your money's getting pulled away from you or you're not getting anybody personal information. So that's just kind of how I always lead. And then <laughs> hopefully 
people are interested in that. It's that surface level explanation that you always give people that have really, really complicated and deep philosophical meanings to things. You start with that general digital cash and then go, what? It's like, well, what do you really want to know? Like, how far do you want to go down this rabbit hole? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How far? The immediate question is usually, well, can I hold it? And then I have like this pause moment where I see that scene from Zoolander where him and uh, the other guy are like, it's in the computer? <laughs> and I really think it through before I put my next statement out there. But anyways. I was just watching well, a, a video about uh, Andreas Antonopoulos was discussing the nomenclature and how much he hates it for Bitcoin in terms of like wallet and coins and things and how it actually works. Uh, I, 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 if we could go back and change some of the names to things as opposed to trying to adopt them to analogies that everyone understands it might be better off or easier to adopt people that's true yeah that was a good video yeah i know you're talking about kind of yeah changing the terminology a bit yep well that's all we have uh question wise is there anything you want to plug yeah we uh of course check out the (laughs) sdk um that's at airbits.com developer.co a uh, developer.airbits.co developer.airbits.co and also we have a couple new releases coming up so i'm actually writing a blog post on this it'll because there's so many updates we have for this so it is definitely blog worthy so stay tuned for that that'll be coming out hopefully the beginning of next week so uh, the referral code is going to be or the referral link uh, is going to be in there. That's a huge. That's probably the biggest thing. That's what people, especially the other ambassadors that you guys may be familiar with, have been asking for for a while. So we're happy to get that up and running. And we just have a ton of new updates in there. So uh, you know, definitely keep an eye out for that. Nice. I'd like to give a shout out to my local Starbucks for accepting <laughs> Bitcoin in the form of uh, what are they called? Gift cards for the past months. You have no idea. But I'm paying you Bitcoin. So, anyways, thanks for stopping by and uh, have a great evening. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Now we're back. And we're back now. (laughs) That was the interview uh, with MK Lords (laughs) and Mr. Tim Horton. Here's a who. Dang, Corey, I was really hoping you'd come in there with the stuff. What stuff? Oh, yeah. Sound like he was balls deep. (laughs) Balls deep in security. (laughs) There we go. Come on, man. That's what you wanted. That's what I wanted. MK Lords. Yeah, so that's that's, that's something we were talking about before the interview. Yes, before the interview. I was telling the guys how I was in my my nonchalant way of explaining the expertise of Tim Horton. I I was telling him how balls deep he is in the security game. Yep. And they wanted me to introduce him that way. And um, I chickened out. So now I'm telling you about it. Yep. If you make up for wow. it. If you're curious as to what balls deep means, I would behoove you to go to urbandictionary.com <laughs> and look that up immediately. If and you, you have to, find if out. you have to figure that out, yeah, then, then you need to you be just in bed. Have, you don't have an imagination. You just yeah. don't have an imagination. Yeah. You've or gotten you're, too old, and you, you've lost your ability to picture things outside of the immediate reality that you see. So, use your imagination. You think uh, Benedict Cumberbatch goes balls deep? In uh, what? The women? Yes. 
All right. And then does he Benedict come a bunch? <laughs> Beetle wart cumber snoot. <laughs> what? I'm tweeting Ooh. him tomorrow to come on the show. Benny Hanna camera phone. Benny Hanna camera phone. <laughs> that doesn't who make any sense. Kid that? Who just who names your kid that? It's just it's just. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things. You should be wearing one of those powdered wigs that were really popular back in the day. For from I guess the, they're popular now because I still wore them in their legislation. From the wig party? Yeah. It's, it's Buddy Lick, Cracker Jack. Anyways, we, we got to talk Bitcoin, guys. We got to talk Bitcoin. Uh, Benedict Bitcoin. Sorry. I'm sorry. I had the last one out. That was whack. That was whack, though. Um... So, uh, Bendy Straw Coffee Latch. Bendy Straw Coffee Latch? I kind of like that one. That doesn't make any sense, though. Anyway. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into things we need to be talking about instead of Benedict Cumberbatch's name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Price. How about on... Andreas saying that uh, Bitcoin name sucks, and he sh- he wants to rename it to Trustnet, which sounds like something off Terminator. If we rename it well, to Trustnet, we'll be fighting robots in two years tops. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, so, like, this is something that I heartily agree with Andreas. Although it's not like there's not a lot of points that I disagree with him on, but. Like the people that I had that I talked to that don't like Bitcoin, this is one of their main objections. Uh, is that it's a stupid name. And those of you who are diehard fans and the white knights of Bitcoin, go kick rocks. I don't really care. Uh, it's it's a stupid name. It, it's it's a it's it doesn't appeal to the masses in a way that isn't either nerdy or wrong. And it's not one of those things that people can say like, oh, Bitcoins are cool. And it's like, oh, just send me that in Bitcoin. It's, it's just, it doesn't appeal to the masses. And the name doesn't give you the idea of what it does naturally either. It's, it connotates something that's physical where this is the only like this is the most non-physical money that we can even currently abstract. Yet we've given it a name that seems like it's one of those, something you can hold in your hand. So when you're like, "Hey, do you have any bitcoins?" They're like, "No, I don't know where to get those things. Uh, can you hold them? Like, where where do I go buy those so I can put them in my wallet?" It's like, "Oh, you can't." And but you can get a wallet. It's like, "Oh, great! Uh, I already have a wallet. Can I use that one?" It's like, "Oh no, it's this it's this online piece of software that doesn't actually hold the coins." It just holds the passwords to get into the coins, which aren't really physical. Uh, I've lost you. Shit. Yeah, I'm completely lost. You know what I mean? It's like that's 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 what you it, these are these are the the things you have to go through when you're trying to on ramp people in dealing with the nomenclature and why it's called that and why it doesn't work the way they think it should work based on the name but at the same time man this might be one of the only things that i don't wholeheartedly agree with andres on because i've unramped a few people in my day now i've got some stripes and what i could say is it's really easy to say oh bitcoin's digital cash 
And they're like, well, what? Like you said, like we've said the past few episodes, it leads to a beautiful conversation. And I'm like, well, in order to have it, you got to have a wallet, right? You put cash in your wallet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I get that. You put cash in the wallet. I got it. And then it's like, and they're like, well, how do you secure the wallet if it's digital? And so you use a password. All right. It'd be like having a padlock on your wallet. You wouldn't do that. But I mean, I don't know. It's to me, it's easy. I now the name Bitcoin, I will agree with. It needs some slang. It needs hip hop to grab a hold of it. The world needs hip hop, by the way. But Bitcoin needs hip hop because like, I don't know. Bitcoin's whack to say, but like digits, I don't know. Send me some digits. That was 90 slang for her phone number. I think now the slang is like, let me get in your DM. <laughs> it's just like the 90s equivalent of let me get those digits. So what would you call it? What, what would you call it? Not TrustNet. You wouldn't call it TrustNet. I wouldn't call it TrustNet. What would you call it? Uh, uh, remember when we did our rap episode? Digido. Digido. Don't like that. Don't like that. That sounds like Play-Doh. Yeah, it also sounds like one of the Pokemon that you don't want to catch. Yeah, I don't want to catch that Pokemon. I don't care what it evolves to. I don't yeah. want. Digido. Like, damn, dude, for real. I don't. Even Digido, I choose you. See how that sounds when Corey Nobody says it. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Then again, Pikachu uh, also sounds that. That got off the rails real quick. What do we? What do we name Bitcoin? What if we just named it MoneyNet? No, don't no. like it. I felt you don't thinking like about it. I felt you thinking. I was about thinking. It. I gave it. I gave it a good hard think, and I don't like it. The Money Web. Let's call it Bernard hit. Bumper Starch. <laughs> Did you say Bernard? Really, really barbecue. Really on this one. <laughs> barbecue chicken breast. <laughs> I don't know why that one is even counted, because that's just dumb. <laughs> Whoever put barbecue chicken breast names, Benedict Cumberbatch, butterball chowder pants, butterball chowder pants. <laughs> what if we called it um, currency? Okay, it's clear yes. that we don't have a very good name for this. Obviously, we're not. We did not put any thought. I think this. I think Andreas didn't think it through. I think he, you know, he was giving a presentation. He just kind of threw something out there. He's right because you don't want to call it a coin because that's a physical token no, of money. But, but, so like what he like so like what he like, what I really agree with is that we shouldn't call them wallets because you don't keep the coins. It's a ledger, right? It's mm-hmm. the only thing is it's just a giant accounting system. And then what we have, what we keep in our own personal safe and our own, like what what we hold on to and what we hold value to is the passwords to access those, those, that, to access that ledger. And so calling a wallet a keychain is a much more, um, natural way to think about what it's actually doing. And so when you need to say you need to secure your keychain, because if you let somebody get your keychain, then they have access to everything on it, which makes a lot of sense. If yeah, you lose think- your keychain, then every then they have access to everything that you do, which is exactly the way things are moving. Because what we're holding dear is the passwords to access all our digital assets, and but we're not but actually holding the assets. I'd like to say though, this nomenclature that he came up with 
is a little too rooted in the techiness of it. I think it's a little too rooted in the techiness. A keychain isn't techy. A keychain is not techy, but it doesn't it doesn't give you any notions of currency. Like if somebody's like, "Hey, I'm I've got these keychains." This is I think you you have to have someone have some sort of notion of currency involved. All right. Well, then that gets back to I guess it goes a little more general than that. In that, do you think a massive adoption can occur with something that? people don't actually physically hold. And even when you abstract, yes. like go back and step outside of abstraction, they it, it's not in their own possession. And we don't yes. hold Bitcoin. We yep. hold the keys to access Bitcoin. Can that be something that people will agree with and want to do for the rest of their life? Because people who hoard want to hold on to it so that they have it under their bed and they can sleep on it in a giant pile of money. Or that's the natural tendency. Or they hoard like I do in this digital era, where I just collect digital movies on my Amazon account. I I like to stroll through it from time to time, and I'm like, "Oh, look at all these rights to movies that I have to watch." Is that a nice way of saying you pirate? No, no, no. Like I actually buy the the high quality HD stuff, and it's in my Amazon account, and I watch movies from it, and it's great, and I can access my digital library movies wherever i am on the planet ever and i love it that's how i hoard and it's digital and i understand that i can't hold it but then again do i fucking want to because then i gotta pack up all these boxes have all these boxes laying around like i don't want that i like my digital like i imagine my perfect library is just five shelves with five different fully stacked kindles on it just see i'm the other i'm the other way I like having digital stuff in my, or physical stuff in my. Well, hand. You, you're into vinyl, so you're one of those guys. Yeah. The cool guys. Different structures. How about <laughs> how about we? Are we done trying to name Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah but we're not getting, all we're I wanted that. to say, just to add on, is that Corey, the answer to your question is: Are people okay with having money they can't hold? And I will say, absolutely yes. Those people just aren't really old yet. The younger generation. Hell, I taught a kid the other day who said, I cannot remember, and this kid's only 14 years old, mind you. He's like, I cannot remember the last time I held cash. I've always had a debit card. Since I had money to begin with, I've had a debit card. And I was like, He's 14? Yeah, he's 14. So he's a freshman. Why does a 14 year old have a debit card? He has no money. He has no income. His parents got him a debit card. That doesn't make any sense. That's actually something that, that. Andreas has talked about that I think is also worth noting is that that's what you're saying right now is a hundred percent correct. Where the adoption comes in is with the kids who get it already. This is natural to them and everything has already been digital their entire lives. And currently under the traditional system, they can't open a bank account until they're 16. So they can't really like like by themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. they can start, using Bitcoin when they're three years old, right? They can, they can have, they can have a Bitcoin account, which is a bank account or a bank more generally. And they can transfer money amongst their friends and their coin. And so as these coins get more and more popular, they can have an economy Mm -hmm. with real value amongst all their friends where they trade and they do things. And by the time they get old enough to open a bank account, they're like, why would I want Cello, we would have made it. When I have this already, oh, yeah, y'all would have made bank. We would have made a killing. But, like, 
like right now, Cello, I don't know. I know you don't follow the altcoin scene. There's a coin right now, Digibyte, that is in-game, like video game money that you can also trade for Bitcoin. So imagine all those RPGs you played back in the day, stacking all that cash. What if you could take some of that cash and trade it for digital cash and then trade that for real cash? And now all of a sudden you've got this weird ass economy that sprouted up out of nowhere. Sounds, sounds like sounds like the younger generation is never going to leave their bedrooms. Well, I mean, they already almost don't. So, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, all right, that about wraps up that channel. Yeah, we Chill gonna call it. We're going to call it. Uh, Corey's got to go do straw Yukins in the waterfall. So we got to let him. No, I'm kidding. I think Marcello's the only one that does that. Um, yeah. I just We were naming Bitcoin, though. It, it reminded me of that uh, remind me of that Mitch Hedberg joke where he said he wanted a job as someone who names kitchen appliances, toaster, refrigerator, blender. All you do <laughs> is say what the shit does, and then you add er. <laughs> <laughs> what does that do? It keeps shit fresh. Well, that's a fresher. That's a fresher. So it's not that hard. We'll figure it out. Moneyer. We should think a Moneyer. bunch of people who are strong <laughs> in math would figure out how to name something so that it makes the most sense. But I don't know. Uh, let's uh, wrap this shit up. So if you go to thebitcoinpodcast.com, I want to talk like a roller coaster rink DJ. Go to thebitcoinpodcast.com. Check out the tabs. We got a Q&A tab. We got <laughs> about tab where Cello's giving you the over-the-shoulder look, saying, hey, who are you looking at me do what I do? And we have <laughs> also at the BTC podcast. Uh, um, that's the Twitter. Cello runs the Twitter. He's good at it. I'm on it. He, he'll tweet you yeah. back. He'll tweet at you. Yeah, tweet me uh, better at Cumberbatch names, and we'll go back and forth. Yeah. Hashtag like Benedict. Buffalo Custard Bath or Body Snatch Pumpkin Patch. <laughs> Just tweet it at me. We'll go back and forth. And then we'll collect it all. We'll send it to Benedict Cumberbond's agent. Is it Cumberbond or Cumberbatch? I don't even know his real name anymore. Whatever. It's, he, he looks like that <laughs> alien from Futurama that is the assistant to the white captain guy who's always trying to hit on Lana. Anyways, yeah. uh, what do we got? Oh, that was the warning sign. So we've got some. Um, what do we? What else do we do on the internet? Is there people? Is there a way? Oh, to uh, is it? Go ahead. What's up? To our Slack. Like, is there a way? Like, I have an open invite, or we have to go in? Not yet. Oh, that might. Not yet. That, that's I haven't, I haven't made that. We'll get a bunch yet. of foreigners. Yeah, that'd be dangerous, dude. That's racist. Yeah, I mean, you know not that the bad are bad, but spam foreigners, spammy spams, McGee. And when you put three verbs in a row, <laughs> we know you're spamming us. Stop it. Yeah. Um, um, Animaniacs is on Netflix now, so shout out to Animaniacs. Shout out to Warner our Slack Brothers. is a house of learned doctors, and that's all that will be yeah. on there. Yep. Learned individuals. Um, what else do we have? The Facebook. Um, thank you for the likes and thank you for liking us. Shout out to, um, is it Alex? I think, I believe it is Alex on Facebook who is always, you know, giving us credit, doing 
doing the likes on the stuff that we put on Facebook, even giving us feedback. I'm looking into getting that guy for you. Alex, sorry, not Alex, Adam Faulkner. Dang, first and last name. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. It could be any Adam Faulkner. But thank you for liking us on Facebook all the time. Personal shout out to you. Uh, Of course, shout out to Zoe Saldana. Shout out to Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, what else? Shout out to Cor- uh, shout out to Corey's wife, Erin. Shout out to Marcello's wife, Sheena. I'm giving shout outs to everyone. Shout out to, uh, are you guys going to let me keep going with this? Because I could do this all day. Uh, sh- shout out to our, to our outro. Shout out to the, no, no, no. We forgot stuff. I know we did. I think people have already hit stop anyway, or have moved on. (laughs) And play the outro.